certain gifts that have been given to us by God. These gifts are for us to use freely. We can use them for God or, you know what, we really don't have to. I mean, they've been given to us from him, so we should use them for him. But what if we don't know him? Then would we use them for him? Not necessarily because we just don't know. And I think that's been the problem is that there are all these gifts that have been given to the body, to the church, and they're not quite sure how to use them. However, there have been so many other, let's say, institutions of like, you know, Wiccans and pagans and, and different types of people who operate in those gifts and they operate in them in, in such a free manner. I think there might be a disconnect. And I think that's something that God is really starting to address. And so today, that's what we're going to kind of talk about. And I have an author who is awesome. Her name is Faith Living. And she has written books, especially Rejection and Identity, which is definitely, if it's something you've been dealing with, it's definitely something you should consider getting. And Faith has an understanding of freedom. And I, I believe that today... By listening to this show, you're going to taste freedom and you're just going to want more. So welcome to Touch by Prayer Faith. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to be here. Well, this is awesome. This is, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a really great show. Now, Faith and I had a chance to, because usually before I do a show, I do kind of like a, a pre-interview like do we have some stuff to talk about? And I think Faith and I were on the phone for, what, two and a half hours? So, <laughs> I believe so, yes. So we have lots to talk about. Now, I know that there are some of you who've been listening to me for quite a while and find it shocking that I can speak to somebody for two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know I can speak for two and a half hours. And, and some people, when they know I'm going to call, they're like, oh, no, it's going to be one of those calls. <laughs> but there's always it's so much. Exciting. Well, I think what happens is that when kids get together, they get excited and they start to share and then they start to collaborate because yes. you've been going through something and I've been going through something. And guess what? We've been going through the same thing. And mm -hmm. one of the you actually posted this incredible blog and it was about, it was after the death of Prince and it was, it was really, I mean, this, this was something that definitely took me out of the box because there have been times that as I started to pray with someone that their deceased member pops into my head and the Lord says they're with me. And I have said that to, to people when I've prayed with them. Oh, don't worry. Yes. They're with God. But I never communicated. But yet, like, well, why don't you kind of share a little bit about what happened? I've had this happen to me more than once. It began with um, my best friend when she passed away. I had traveled out to California to spend time with her because she had cancer. And my mission was, of course, to get her healed. Well, she was having none of it, and I couldn't understand why. So her family had a plan to take her to the Oregon coast for a weekend, and we had previous plans to meet our kids in Durango. So we had a promise that we were going to get together again in a week. She hugged my neck. I hugged hers. She said, I'll see you in a week. I said, yes, you will. 
within three days. It was the day after she came back from her weekend. She left the earth. And I was heartbroken because she broke her promise with me. And I couldn't understand why she would do that. I was still driving. I was still on my way to Durango. And I was suffering. I was mourning and I was a little angry at her for leaving before she was supposed to. Um, and after about an hour or so, I felt her presence sitting next to me as I was driving. And it was so pronounced that I said, is that you? And I heard her in my spirit say, of course it's me. Who else did you expect? And she talked to me in the same tone that she always had. And I said, well, then why are you here? And she said, because you're suffering over this and you need to knock it off. And I said, why? And she said, because I had a reason. I said, well, I feel like you betrayed me. We were going to get together again and you left before I could come back. And she said, I had to because I knew you wouldn't let me go. And I had a reason for leaving. And she then went on to explain to me her husband was dying of cancer and she couldn't let him go. So when she was diagnosed with cancer, she found that to be her excuse to go first and thereby let her husband go. She said, you don't understand. I couldn't live without him. I would not live without him. I did not want to live without him. So how long after, how long after she passed did her husband actually pass? He passed within, oh, I think it was about three months. Okay. But he immediately stopped taking his medication Mm -hmm. and left. Um. He'd had cancer nine times and beaten it. And he was just simply tired of it. Yeah. He just didn't want to go through it anymore. So that was my first experience. And I knew it was her because the way she explained it to me made perfect sense. And I understood because I knew her heart. I knew how she would think. And I knew it was her telling me this. So then years go by, and um, my next experience was (laughs) Robin Williams. (laughs) He's in heaven. Um, I'm sorry? I said he's in heaven. He is. Yeah, he definitely is. He he actually is, and um, I was called some bad names by some people who thought that because he committed suicide that he was in hell and forever cut off from God's presence. But that's not what I found out. No. And um, what what happened the day that he, he passed, I was sad because I've always been a huge Robin Williams fan because I love comedy. My husband and I met in a comedy uh-huh. club. And so I was sitting on the couch and I was mourning and I heard the Lord say, he's with me just like that. No other question, nothing else. He's with me because that that's what I hear. Not all the time, not all the time, 
but I heard he's with me. And it was like, that was it. He's with him. So when you and I were talking and you, you shared, I'm like, yay, confirmation. But you know, what's so interesting, Faith, is that there, there's a missionary and she, she wrote on Facebook. Now I don't share because, you know, you start telling people that God tells you that people are in heaven. They, they give you the, you know, they give you the, what's, what's that uh, eye? They give you the, the weird eye, you know, <laughs> they, you know, they do. They give you that like yeah. weird eye look like, yeah. So, um, so she actually wrote on Facebook and she was, she was praying for this missionary couple who was, who was killed in Africa someplace by um, Muslim oh. terrorists. Yeah. And so she was praying and she heard the Lord say, they're with me just like that. And that's what she wrote. They're with me. And I said, oh, confirmation. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so let's get back to, let's go back to your story. So you started to, did you start to hear Robin Williams or was it that you were sad about what had happened Yes, the morning that I, it was strange. About three days before his death, I had been feeling a, a sadness, and a, I can't remember what the situation was, but I remember it came to my mind, oh, just look up some YouTube Robin Williams videos, and that will put you into a good mood, a laughing Space and you will be able to walk through this better. So, and I had. I had enjoyed him for maybe an hour and a half. And then when he took his life, I was a little similar to what I experienced with my friend. I was a little angry that he'd gone because he was such a great inspiration to me. And I was so sad, um, I couldn't shake it. It was so heavy on me, it felt like it enveloped me. Um, and hours later, again, I felt that presence next to me. And it I, I don't know how to explain it, except it was his personality. And I said what I always say. Is that you? Well, sure, it's me. And I said, why are you here? And he said, I felt you. I, I was drawn to your intense love, and you had a big question in your heart. And I said, well, of course I do. Why did you leave like that? And he said, well, that was a big mistake. I know that now. And we went on to have a discussion that covered a couple of hours. He described to me where he was, how it felt, um, the fact that he had no condemnation on him, that he hadn't achieved the highest part of heaven, but that he was going to. He said, I still have a little condemnation toward myself for making some bad decisions. But I'm learning to let that go. I'm learning about the love here. 
and I know I'm going to rise above this. So he wasn't in the best part of heaven. Um, <laughs> and I, I discovered through that visitation that there are many more levels of the supernatural realm than we realize there are. Well, and there's also different levels of heaven. And that's exactly. actually, that's actually been, you know, that's in the Bible that there are different places. So, you know, there, you know, after, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So af before Jesus, everybody went to Sheol and Sheol was, was not with God, but it, but they could still see God. They could still feel his presence. It wasn't a, it, it, it wasn't that they were in hell, but they were in Sheol. They, they were right. not able to be with the father. So that could possibly be like, um, you know, the uh, Catholicism, Catholicism talks about purgatory. And in Dante's Inferno, they talk about the different levels of hell. Well, just like there are different levels of hell, there are different levels of heaven. And mm -hmm. I think that what, what sometimes we are so afraid to discover is to start asking the father, what's up with that? Like, what is that? Where, where does that go? What, how many levels of heaven is there? See, we're so afraid to breach that conversation because we think we're going to do something wrong, but he's a good daddy and he answers our questions because I once, I once said to him, I said, Lord, are you ever going to tell me somebody who's not with you? And he said, Lisa, if I don't say they're with me, then they're not. And that was kind of a, I was kind of surprised by that. That, that there, there are people, and the Lord said to me, he said, it's not that I couldn't, it's not that I didn't try, that's what he said. He goes, but I couldn't get through the hardness of their heart. I couldn't penetrate it. Their heart was so hardened. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe that if we, as the body, can walk in such a love, such a, um, almost like, a, like sprinkler hoses, and we just hose people down, we can start softening some of those hearts, some of those hardened hearts, just by, just by bringing the love, just by bringing that, that expression. That is exactly what I believe happens. If we walk into the presence of another person, no matter what state they're in, we can lift them. It, it's... To me, it's like lifting. Mm -hmm. It's coming up. It's being able to see higher. Um, well, there's. I remember suffering a depression one time, and Father said to me, "Look up. Actually, turn your head and look up." And he showed me that even just in that small action, it was hard to be depressed. Mm. There really is a, uh, the levels. And I think I read about that a lot in the book that Peter Tan wrote, The Spiritual World. Mm hmm And, and what, is, what is the book, what is the book based on? His experience. Um, Jesus takes him through the many, many realms of heaven and even into hell, mm. what we would call hell. Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of it has to do with our state of mind. Well, if we perceive hell here and we die in that situation, we're going to still be in hell when we're on the other side. You know what's really interesting? The, the, back to Robin Williams for a second, but that movie, What Dreams May Come. Okay, so in that movie, that extremely, if you've never seen this movie, do yourself a favor, okay? Get a thing of popcorn, go sit down and watch this movie and look for the prophetic details of this movie because this movie is extremely prophetic because I saw it before I was filled and then I saw it after and I was like, whoa, this is such a different movie. It is. It is such a different movie. Because you can see, and you can see the scripture that backs some of the stuff. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think that's one of the things that I always felt that, that, that Robin Williams knew God. He just did not know him the way that he could have known him. That was the thing that made me sad. I'm like, Lord, I go, but if you would have let me meet him. I could have, <laughs> I could have introduced you to him. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that burden, if we get that burden, Lord, let, let me, intro, you know, send me to Hollywood. I'll, I'll start introducing all the people in Hollywood to you. I'll start telling them about you because uh-huh. they're lost. They just don't know. So, but anyway, in this movie, what dreams may come his wife coincidentally commits suicide and she is in hell but it's in her mind and he it's so good and he through love because that's what he uses he exactly he uses love to break through yes and he does in his in his spirit i got the impression when i was talking to him that in his spirit he knew some of this stuff, but in his real life, or well, yeah. <laughs> what we call his real life here, mm-hmm. it wasn't portrayed to him here. No, no, and but so. but but there's also look, just like there are angels who assist us, you know, there are demons who are trying to stop us, who sat who sit there and and put vices on people's heads. So that they constantly have headaches, so that they constantly can't think, that they're constantly in pain because of the stress and, and the worries. And they can't yes. do anything and they can't think. And that's, I think that's the other thing too, is that, you know, we're coming into this new season and it's like a worry-free zone. Amy Martin wrote something today and it was like no, it was like a no fear zone. And she, she put that on Facebook and, and, because her son had this incredible dream and in this dream he saw these creatures and it said as long as there are humans who fear we can be here yes and i was like whoa that's that's insight but that's truth it's very much i i've seen that too that the kingdom of god here on earth is completely devoid of fear, and it is perfect in every way. And when we see our spirit in that perfection, living here, we can claim it for ourselves in our own 
small K kingdom within the kingdom. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's very interesting. How many times just Jesus say, do not worry. Oh yeah. Do not worry. Do not fear. Do not worry. Do not fear. And it's, it's very interesting that not okay. Not too long ago, I, I had, I was talking with someone and sometimes during my conversations, God just gives me just incredible insight. And it's really to minister to the person, but it's also like, oh, and let me just throw this in for fun. (laughs) And so, so he started to talk, he started to talk about David. And so I was talking to this person about David, but then somehow it turned into fear and he started to talk about fear. And he said, he said that fear came in when sin came in. Because it says in the Bible, it says, for God does not give us a spirit of fear. But if you look around and if you look at all the people who are on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, anti this, anti that, you know, and everything is fear based. And then the Lord went on to show that every single demonic stronghold is fear based. That jealousy is a fear that somebody else is Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. And he said that rejection is a fear that you're going to be replaced or Mm -hmm. cast out. And he even, you're not good enough, right? You're not good enough. And, and he, he even talked about sexual perversion and he said it was fear of intimacy. I went, whoa. Fear is the father of lies. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so I just thought that your book, Rejection and Identity, it probably, that was something that God probably really talked to you because the rejection, because it is fear-based, yeah. you know, that, that you had to, you had to like battle your fears or you at least had to confront them in some way to write that book. Well, he showed me that Jesus didn't react that way and that he told us to follow him. He didn't have to reject anyone. He didn't reject the Pharisees. He didn't. He didn't tell them, get away from me. Don't come into my space. I'll never have anything to do with you again. Don't ever speak to me. He never did any of those things. And I, it struck me, wait a minute. He's doing something different than we are, because we think if we push evil away, it will be gone from us, but that's not what happens. When we push evil away from us by rejecting it, it just goes somewhere temporarily. He even told us it will go away temporarily, but then it will come back to where it was comfortable before. And it will find the house swept clean, and it will bring seven more of its brothers with him. Mm. Now that. And he told me that. He said, that's all you're doing. You're sending it away. You're not overcoming it. You're not destroying it. I told you how to overcome it and destroy it, and it's through resistance. And resistance is not the same thing as rejection. 
resistance is knowing who you are, like Jesus did. Right. To stand in its face right before it and be who you are. Reminds me of that story of Smith Wigglesworth when he looks at the foot of his bed and sees Satan standing there one night. And he says, oh, it's just you. And he rolls over and goes to sleep. (laughs) I love that. I just love that. I think that's so great. That is resistance. That is knowing who you are. Well, if you look, if you look at what's been happening, you know, the enemy has made movies to make people afraid of him. Starting back in the 70s. Seriously, with The Exorcist. That that Mm -hmm. just to, to this day, to this day, I still have issues with it. If I see it, I freak out. I'm like, well, well, change the channel, change the channel, <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, because they're, and, and, and so, you know, the Lord's like, well, we're going to have to deal with that at some point. I'm like, oh, can't you just take it, <laughs> just take it away. You know, that was, that was mine too. So maybe you and I'll have to watch it together and, ah, overcome. and overcome it. Ah, all right. Only if there's uh-huh. really good popcorn, <laughs> if there's really good popcorn, because you know. If, if you have been watching on, you know, on uh, on Facebook and because um, I'm, I'm very much I always want to see what's going on. Um, Todd Bentley, there is a huge revival happening. In fact, my spiritual son is heading up there today to go up to be a part of that. But Todd Bentley, he's like casting things out and he does not look swayed by anything. I mean, this woman was screaming and crying and growling and he just was like, all right, let's just go. Keep going. Keep going. You're moving. You're leaving. <laughs> You're not, you know, there was just, he just stood there unmoved. And I think what you just said is that Jesus was unmoved. Yes. I think and that's it's all about identity. Yes. Well, he knew who he, who he was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Satan... we can't just decide, oh, I'm a child of God, so I'm going to say affirmations every day until I can get it into my spirit. And that's not how it happens. It's Father the... showed me that. Well, how, well, what did he show you, Faith? He took me through a series of visions. For about a year, he kept showing me in visions what I looked like. He was showing me what I was wearing, the crown on my head, and then he started giving me gifts. Oh, I I got a dagger at one time, a broadsword. I got this big brooch that he pinned on me one day just because I love you. <laughs> oh, that one had me on the floor weeping. Uh-huh. Um, but the whole process was seeing what I really look like, seeing it. You have to see it. You have to be able to look through that glass darkly. What you were telling me about the mirror was perfect. You have to be able to see yourself Mm. and what you really look like. And it's something that you simply can ask Father for, and he'll begin to show you. Um, he's not withholding any of this information from us. Absolutely. Well, um, Faith is talking about when we had our uh, initial conversation, we were talking about 
how people have to sometimes stare at themselves in the mirror and start to look past what they actually see and ask God to give them vision of how he sees them. Because as you start to look with the father's eyes into your reflection, you're going to start to see yourself look different. And I think that's a, that's so key. It's so key that you actually can see through the father's eyes and we can ask daddy for anything. We can ask, show me that person's heart. Show me that person's heart. And he will show you that person's heart. Yes. And I think you might be surprised what you find in that heart. He, you can ask the Lord to give you vision to see that person the way that God sees them. And all of a sudden, they start to change before your eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's with any circumstance that we walk into. Any circumstance that looks like it's overcome with evil and chaos and just awful things. Stop for one second and say, Father, show me what this looks like in your eyes. That's right. Amen. And tell me what to say. Because what comes out of your mouth based on what he sees is what will happen here. And it takes a little... The only kind of discipline it takes is just that moment of stop and ask and listen and then do that. Well, I think instead of, go ahead. Instead of reacting the way that we are used to reacting. Absolutely. And we can ask if you really think about it. Um, Holy spirit has school. How many people, just raise your hand wherever you are, raise your hand how many people are in Holy Spirit school? My hand is up. <laughs> I'm in, I, I'm that. in, that's right. I am in, I am in um, HSU, Holy Spirit University, where you don't get a diploma, you just get a new class. Because yes. you, know, you don't ever graduate. You don't graduate. Right. You, you just get new classes. As you go through Psych 101, you go into Psych 102. <laughs> That's because there's a, there's a universe of things to learn. Absolutely. And, and so the more we learn, the more we progress and the, and the greater it gets. But I think that takes a, a humbleness. You know, it says humble yourself before the Lord. That means I don't know it all. Can you show me? <laughs> I don't care how there have been so many, you know, great people who love to read the Bible, and memorize the Bible, and they know the Bible inside and out, but yet have have not had the intimacy with the Father to where they can hear his voice. And it's it's like it would be great. It would be like you're you're taking this class with the Holy Spirit, but all you do is read. You don't actually have the teacher present so you can ask questions. And well, the funny thing about if you're studying and reading on your, oh, how do I say this? I'll just say In it. terms of <laughs> I'm going to accomplish this. Mm-hmm. It's different in the Holy Spirit school because you are not the one accomplishing this. He's accomplishing it in you. Right. So if you're not hearing his voice or seeing his messages, 
or receiving his visions, it really is not his fault. He has not excluded you and said, you're not good enough. But it is your fault because you can't simply be humble enough to say, okay, here I am. You download it into me. I can't do it. Right. Right. That was when he really started pouring it into me, when I said that. And and so basically you were getting cliff notes. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he knows answers. Yeah. He was just, he was putting... Yes. That, that's it. He was just downloading cliff notes here. You don't have to read the whole book. Just take the cliff notes. It'll, it'll tell you basically the same thing. <laughs> We're going to highlight uh-huh. some stuff. <laughs> but then you have to take his word for it. You can't go around trying to prove what he said. I tried that in the beginning. It was like, oh, wait a minute. You said that. Whoa. Is mm. that true? And I try to go and check on him to make sure that, did that line up with scripture? Is that the way it really is? And eventually I found out that, um, yeah, it really is the way it it really He's not telling me a story. And sometimes we have our doctrine wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we just simply got it wrong. And we need to be able to say, oh, whoops, okay, we missed that. Well, I think it's because how it's been taught. See, if... The the Lord shared with me not too long ago, he said that um, some people take his word and they actually kill it because it only means one thing. So therefore it becomes dead. He says, but I'm alive. My word, my word is living. So mm-hmm. a scripture that can mean something in one circumstance to you can be to somebody else in a different circumstance. Same scripture, completely yeah. different understanding, completely different interpretation, and and a com- a, a complete um, turnaround in, in how they're dealing with the situation because the word is alive. He says, my word is alive. So that means it changes. Now, the words don't physically change, but the understanding, and that's why Jesus said that he has sent the Holy Spirit to teach us. But there are, and guide us. And there are so many who are afraid of the Holy Spirit because they just haven't gotten to know him. I came to the point where any time I heard the word, I'm afraid, I'm scared. Immediately, the red flag would go up, and I would say, wait a minute, okay, that's not God. Yes, that's so good. And it even comes when it pertains to your giftings, your gifting of prophecy, word of knowledge, whatever your gifting is, it goes with you. And it can demonstrate itself through a whole lot of different avenues. And if you try to tie it down to one way of exhibiting itself, it won't stay in the box any more than God will. Right. And we are all created different. 
So the way that, that I verbalize something is going to be different than how you verbalize something. Um, yeah. I was able to, uh, um, I was reminding uh, or telling a, a friend about a story where we were, a bunch of us were praying for the United States. And what I saw is I saw the entire map of the United States and I saw this red line that started from the tip of Maine and it traced the entire map of the United States and it looked like a blood transfusion. That's what it looked like to me. Oh, wow. But what happened is the, the person who was running this, this prayer time said, if you've seen anything, let it, you know, tell us what you saw. And so this woman raises her hand. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm not telling this. <laughs> I'm going to keep this one in, you know. And this woman said, well, I saw the map of the United States. And I saw this red laser beam that started at the tip of Maine and traced the entire map. We saw the same thing. We saw the exact same thing. But her interpretation was a red laser beam. My interpretation was a bloodline. Same vision. Yeah. Same vision. Neither was wrong. It was the same. It's just the way that we express it. So when you right. say that there is no way to be correct in prophecy, you have to just basically look at, well, the prophetic word that was given was it, did it stand? Is there fruit in it? That's it. If you can feel Jesus in it, if it exhorts, if it's full of love, it's, if it's full of encouragement, if it's full of destiny, if it's full of promise, it's, it's probably from God, but it's the way that you're saying it, but it doesn't mean that it's not correct. And I think that's why some people think that they have to say when they prophesy, thus saith the Lord, because, <laughs> because that's probably what they heard in church when a prophet would stand up and speak. But quite honest, yes. how many times, honestly, Faith, how many times have you said, thus saith the Lord? Seriously. Um, probably not me, but I have a little bit of a weird background <laughs> okay okay but but, um, but I grew up in the Pentecostal but um, I left pretty early and so when I started seeking and father started talking to me the words were completely different they were to me they were regular words they weren't old English right right and you might actually say, Father is saying to to tell you, because that's how you refer to him. You'll say, right. the Father is saying to me to tell you, or Father is saying, because he's going to, to use your nuances, your personality, the way that, that you speak, because otherwise exactly. it's, it's fake. And God... It has to be personal. Correct. And I don't believe... As awesome as all these people are that I'm going to mention, he doesn't want duplicate Bill Johnsons and Heidi Bakers. Oh, he wants oh, no. he wants he wants Faith Living. He wants Lisa Pernas. He you know he wants Amy Martins. He wants you know Jenny and Paul Wilcox. He wants people who have different personalities. Who you know the Jesse Berkeys and the Kara Berkeys. He wants people who express themselves differently, but. You can feel the same thing, same message, same, it, it's, it's similar, but yet it's packaged a little differently. It's like chocolate. 
Oh, yes. And sometimes those packages are so unique that they're such a blessing. When Jenny tells me I love you, it's in a different way Mm -hmm. than I might hear it through my own spirit. And so it will bless me and thrill me because it came through a different way. It's just like the cherry on top. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're all like Forrest Gump. We're, you know, life is a bunch, a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You know, it's just sometimes you get that nasty, you know, coconut one. (laughs) That you bite into and you're like, oh, rats, coconut. (laughs) Maybe I could stick it back together. And someone else loves him dearly. Absolutely. Coconut is good. Some people love coconut. Not so much on me, but that's okay. (laughs) But I I think that, um, that, you know, those gifts, the gifts, and, and this is like, this has really been my heart because of some of the things that even, especially after talking to you, Faith, about some of your experiences, it's actually given me a love and an understanding and a compassion for people who don't know Jesus, who are operating in the gifts, but they're kind of operating them illegally. Ah, uh, yes. You know? Oh, my. Yeah. But, and, I, have, I have met many of those people, and some of them were in witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Some of them were mentally ill. Oh, I've even talked to one who was a schizophrenic bipolar who talked to many voices. But when I asked her, do you know Father God? Oh, yes, we speak often. And her voice calmed right down. And there was such a softness and a mellow love in it that as she told me what that voice said to her, I recognized Father. I Mm. recognized him. He was still speaking to her, even in her convoluted brain. Mm. He was still speaking to her, and I thought that was miraculous. But he speaks to all of us. He speaks to all of us. I said he speaks to all of us. It's just half of us don't want to listen. Actually, more than half, but that's okay. This is not pointing fingers. This is about this is about freedom. That's what this show is about. This is about yes. about you coming out of the box. Because as I, I was sharing with Faith, I said, I said to the Lord, I said, Oh, I didn't realize I had you in the box. He said, I've never been in the box. You've been in the box. Exactly. <laughs> you know? We're in the box. God's uh, never been in the box. Exactly. It's always been us. <laughs> I spent some years in witchcraft. Um and For several years afterwards, I told people, well, those were the years where I wandered away from God. And I said that for several years. And then one day he said to me, why do you keep telling people that? That I wandered away from you? Well, Lord, I was in witchcraft. He said, yes. Um, Obviously, I wandered away from you. I had rejected you. Really? I don't remember that. When did you reject me exactly? And I said, Lord, you couldn't have been with me through that. 
And he said, really? Why couldn't I have been? I went into hell mm. and came out again. I can walk with you there if that's where you choose to go. And I will use it for your benefit. And it opened my eyes because then I began to look back through those years and I saw some things that he had taught me. So he had been there. He was not afraid. He was not afraid. And I've seen so many Christians that are so afraid of all the things that have been labeled witchcraft. And we've quite often labeled those things wrongly. We've given them gifts that they don't belong to them. They belong to us. And sometimes they were our gifts to begin with, and we walked into it because... Well, for instance, did you know that there's a lot of people in witchcraft that still believe in God, that still talk to Jesus? And the only reason that they call themselves witches is because they were rejected by a church. Yeah. They were hurt somewhere in a church. Mm. Mm. And because of that heartbreak, they left. But God went with them. Father went with them. He didn't leave them. And that's not all of them. That's true. But there are a bunch that know him and still talk to him every day. And he still guides them and leads them, and he's not afraid to be there with them. Well, if you if you really think about it, okay, he has had conversations with Satan. It's in the Bible. It's you know, go to Job. He had a con- <laughs> had a conversation with with the devil. He's not afraid of him. And the the interesting part is. There have been times that witchcraft was talked about. Now, he he warns us about it. But why does he warn us? Because it's not safe for us, that there's something about it that could hurt us because he loves us. But if you're traveling through it, that doesn't mean that God says, oh, sorry, can't be with you. If it says that I will never leave you nor forsake you, doesn't that mean I'm going to travel with you? That's the key. I'm going to travel with you because if you're lost, oh, this is so good. Okay. If you're lost, doesn't it say that Jesus will leave the, all the sheep to go find the one? Exactly. So where's the one? Oh, well, that one's in Satanism. Well, okay. Well, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go there. Okay. Well, that one over there is in witchcraft. Well, then I guess we're going to go there. Oh, that, that one is into Buddhism. Oh, okay. I'll just go over there. Like, <laughs> it's it's the same look the thing about religion and this is what the lord said to me in 2010 after i got filled with the holy spirit i got filled november of 2009 and i think it was like in 2010 i was sitting and i was talking to the lord and the lord said to me he said i'm done with religion religion keeps my children from me and i'm rising up a new church and he said in this church will do and act as i say Now, when he said that to me, I didn't get that, A, 
I'd be part of the church. I was going to, I was, I, I just got recruited. <laughs> I had no idea. Number two, I didn't know what he meant by religion. I do now. Religion is anything that keeps his children from him. That's all it is. So it doesn't matter what it looks like and it doesn't matter what it's called. Atheists. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not a religion, but it keeps his children from him. It keeps us out of freedom. That's right. Even atheism keeps us out of freedom. That's right. Because the freedom is to be what he created us to be, which is creative. That's right. If you're not being all of what he created you to be, totally, completely, freely, mm-hmm. without boundaries, then you're not being all he created you to be. And the funny part is you, if you've, I don't know if you've ever talked to a person who's an atheist, but when you talk to a person who's an atheist, you get one or two responses. They get super, mm-hmm. super angry or they become mm-hmm. super, super mocking. Yes. That's it. Those are the two, those are the two responses. It's never been like, well, you know, I kind of tried it. It's not really for me and case closed. Do you know what I mean? It's never been very like nonchalant, whatever. Now, if they get either get really angry or they become like really mocking. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're in it. Again, the same as a lot of witches are in witchcraft because they got hurt and they're angry. Yep. Yep. Most of the time, that is true. Well, if you truly look at some of the representation that God has had, it hasn't been so good. If you truly look at, you know, at the Spanish Inquisition, that might not look so good for people who love Jesus. No. If you look at the, the what is it, the wet... Um, what is it? The uh, the Baptist Church down south, West Westboro Baptist. Oh, Westboro. Yeah, Westboro Baptist Church. Not seeing a lot of Jesus in what they say. Right. But right. should we hate them? Should we condemn them? No, they no. don't know him. Right. That's it. It's sad. And if you look at what's happening right now, I mean. Oh my gosh, things are going crazy. People are, (laughs) I was, I I just said this kind of because I I really do feel it in my spirit that some of these things that are happening because of the, um, the political race that's going on, demons are manifesting in in front of cameras. And we're just thinking that people are just ultra like upset. Uh Uh-uh, those are demons. (laughs) You can spy, I can spy, I spot them, I smell them, I see them. I'm like, I said to my husband, you see that, see that guy? That's a demon. That's not a man. That is a demon. He goes, I go, I'm telling you, that's a demon. And then I just, I, well, we, go ahead. We've made such place for them mm-hmm. in our society. We, we have given them such, you know, uh, what would you call it? Legal yeah. um, place to work. Oh, um, heck, we've given them carte blanche. <laughs> exactly. We, we've, oh, well, you've just got bipolar. You, you've just got, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. you know, this or that or the other. You've Mm-mm. got, Mm-mm. we just create more and more and more names yes. to give them place to have us. Yes. 
And, the, and then we accept them through those names. And, but the, the, you know, the crazy part of the whole thing is then we give, we give medicine to these people. Okay. To keep the demons in. So now the demons are getting hooked up on drugs and, and yeah. they're not leaving. Because and and what happens is because it kind of messes, they they can't hear God. Right. It shuts down that like thing. Well, okay. Now, I I might back up on that one okay. because I still think God can get through that. Okay. Then then I will retract that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Faith. Oh, oh, only because of my my experience, experience with mm-hmm. my. Uh, bipolar friend okay God that she, she said yes and she did say but what and she was on heavy medication um off and on okay most most bipolar schizophrenics are supposed to be heavily medicated but they generally don't stay on it when they start acting normal they think they're normal so they stop taking their medication and it's just a vicious circle they go through mm. um when in reality i honestly and I hope this not not offending anyone out there, but there's a demon that's selling us this bag of goods, and it's not how we were created. Right. It's not the perfect. But that doesn't mean to stop taking your medicine. <laughs> no, that does not mean to stop taking your medicine. But we do we do believe, both Faith and I believe that God can heal anything schizophrenia, schizophrenia, bipolar. I mean, Rebecca Clayton had her kids. They were both healed of the ADD ADD or ADHD, but they were healed. So even my asthma, you know, the father has been showing me how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, he said to me, still use your inhaler Mm -hmm. while the process is going on. Mm -hmm. Well, because he doesn't want anything bad to happen to you. Well, he loves me. Of course. Of course. And that's that's the whole thing about there's a thing called wisdom. And wisdom says that until God says, you know, but and and I think that is also a big like taboo when I've had people on my show and and we we talk and we share and, and, you know, the the people who listen to my show, they, they pretty much know that. You're going to hear that people hear from God all the time. But yet, if you were to go out and to speak to the general public and say, God talks to me all the time, they would Mm -hmm. think you're not sane because they've been taught that God does not do that. And when I first started to hear from the father, I I said to him, because somebody told me, Lisa, you hear too much. God doesn't talk to people that much. I don't know. You need to really be careful. I said, okay. So I prayed. I said, Lord, I said, they said that I shouldn't hear you that much. And he said, I spoke to Moses all the time. I went, well, there you go. So (laughs) that was it. That was it. He said, I spoke to Moses. Yeah, I took that. and And so I just didn't tell that person that I heard from God all the time. But now, now that I understand that there are more that hear from the father. And what's awesome is when you hear from someone who was told the same thing. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) You're like, woohoo. I wasn't exactly told that. Mine was more like the looks. And this was in church Mm -hmm. during Bible study. 
and we'd be talking about a scripture, and I would say, oh, oh, Father told me of this, about this scripture. Mm. And I would share it, and everyone would stop and stare at me. Mm. And then they would, like, take a deep breath and go, okay, well, um, back to the scripture. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. But but they but they just don't understand. <laughs> nah, they just was... they just don't understand. So let me let me ask you a, a question, Faith, because I know that you are working on another book. I am. And I am. What is the title of that book? This is the second. This is book two of rejection and identity. Okay. There there were more revelations involved in that. And I knew there were when I wrote the first one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be about the same size. And I'm going to get it on Kindle for as cheap as they will let me, which will probably be 99 cents. Okay. <laughs> and I put the first one on my blog for free also. Oh, uh, okay. So... If anyone's that really is, interested, they can read it there, too. And that website is www.faithlivingnow.com. Yes. So if you want to read that, um, the blog, well, actually, you have a bunch of blogs, actually. Correct? Um, I have a bunch of articles on that blog. Okay. So, yes. So you guys, you, go ahead. You can see by the tabs at the top of the page where the books are and where the articles are and you can go back through them. Okay. And I have heard so many great things about, um, rejection and identity that, that if, if this is something that you are dealing with, that this book, which is a very quick read, this book is really going to help you to get free and to discover truly who you are in Christ. Because that's, that's why Jesus came. Jesus said, I have come to set the captives free. free. And he says that I have come to, and he also says that you are sons and daughters. He gave, he gave the disciples and also, and after he resurrected, he gave the apostles their identity. And he actually started when they were still just disciples, when he started to give them nicknames, he started to already start to break it down who they were to him. And so they understood who they were. And that's why some were able to just go and do such amazing things. See, Peter, you know, Peter was able, was always known for his faith. He had great faith. He believed everything that Jesus did. He really did. Like he was the only one who walked on water. I don't care if it was a step. He did it. But his faith, it was because of his faith, because he knew that Jesus, if Jesus said he could do it, he'd do it. But he also had fear. He had fear in him. And that's why he went down. And it was the fear that rejected Jesus three times because he was afraid that something bad was going to happen to him. But after the resurrection... And he saw death could not touch him. <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? That that's when it was a game changer because Peter didn't have fear after that. 
Peter became fearless. Mm-hmm. So that's because he knew who he was. So I, I think that, you know, the the whole rejection and, and it's just such a, a beautiful way of saying, you know, that you are good enough and that God loves you and he sees you and he wants to call you his own. So you can also get um, Faith's books on Amazon, correct? Yes, on Amazon and Kindle. And on Kindle. So you can definitely check those out. And um, I'm also feeling in my spirit, Faith, that there might be some speaking things that might be coming up. Is that true? <laughs> I was working toward those. Okay. And I got put on a back burner for now. Okay. Not for um, long. I'm hoping not. Yeah. But we'll see where Father leads. Yeah, because I'm seeing you speaking. I just thank you. Yeah, so I just felt like I needed to to share that because if I see something, I usually will share it. If I, if mm-hmm. and if it's, but I just felt like that needed to be shared. And also, if people um, if people want to get in touch with you, they can email you or they can just um, leave a message on your website. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's living now. Um, at gmail.com. Okay. So if you guys want to email her again, it was faithlivingnow at gmail.com. You can also check out her website, which is faithlivingnow.com. You can also find Faith on Facebook, which is where I was so lucky and privileged to have found her. And we've been uh, having us, we had some fun sharing some, some great stories. And I just think that there's, uh, there's some more books that uh, are going to be written. And I also believe faith that um, you're, you're going to be uncovering some, some stuff. You're going to be super uncovering. You're like, you're, you're going to be, how do I put this? You're, you're, you're on a, a, a searching mission to search out the truth and you're uncovering it in some ways you're like Toto, you're going to pull back the curtain and say, and so, and he's going to be like, pay no attention behind that man behind the, the curtain. <laughs> you know, that's it. You're, you're going to go and you're going to like seek him out and, and you're going to start to show, show the truth of what's been manipulating, what's been directing and what's been affecting people. Amen. Amen. When, when there's a question, Father has an answer, and he's not withholding. Because he's a good daddy. Yes. He is a good daddy. Well, this was fun. Thank you so much. I <laughs> love doing this. <laughs> well, I hope that you come back after you do your second book. And if you have Absolutely. any more fun, crazy encounters, mm-hmm. which I believe you're going to. And I will be sharing. I'm sure you will. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed um, tonight's show. If, Like I said, if you'd like to get in touch with Faith, you can go to her website at faithlivingnow.com or you can also email her at faithlivingnow at gmail.com. So make sure that um, you guys get in touch with her. If you want to get her books, you can find them on Amazon or you can get the Kindle versions. And again, you can also go to her blogs on her website and you can read uh, some of her her great stuff because she's an awesome awesome writer so thank you again for coming on faith this was so much fun thank you thank you 
bless you, Lisa. Oh, well, thank you. Well, guys, I hope that you had a great time. I know I did. Just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night.